0: your unders down your unders review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of
1: war down under hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to this episode 164 of the art of war down under podcast my name as always is adam camilleri and i'm joined by the the stats Bird, the, the raptor of statistics, master of disaster, some other nonsense. His name's Peter the Falcon Callisimo, and you may have, you may remember him from being on this show for various reasons. Most usually to update our faction ladder uh, when it becomes time to, which we have not done for almost thirty freaking weeks, mate. Why why is that? Why do you think we would have would have held off for so long, Peter?
0: Well, um, I. Am a really bad friend And so every time you asked me At the end of ninth edition To do a final uh, Breakdown I would say Sure and then never respond To another <laughs> message you put out again <laughs> uh, So that was I think a big Reason for a couple of those months um, And then 10th edition Started and we kind of Had no to point. wait and see how that how that Played out and it wasn't Super bueno Anyway
1: So the reason we're doing it now is because we want to capture the last pure snapshot of index versus index 40K for this edition. Prior to the first Codex is coming out, we got the we got the we got the Tunis Codex that um, is probably going to be entering play what this weekend for the first time, or maybe even next weekend more prolifically. Um,
0: yeah, I believe there was one event this last weekend yeah.
1: based on when we're recording that go, that got
0: to use them. But yes, it'll this will be the first weekend of actual tier ended play, and actually the first weekend really for the new. Right as well,
1: exactly right. Yeah. And so, if people listen to this, that was the weekend just gone, is the one we're referring to because actually we're doing this prior to the weekend. Um, so we're ca- we're going to capture that snapshot of just the pure last pure state of of index tenth um, edition, the the shit show that it was. <laughs> yeah it was (laughs) it was interesting Uh, like yeah that was the other reason we haven't done it so long it's because there was no real change in game state i was planning to do one if the last balance the the middle of of index hammer balance did anything notable but it didn't it didn't it didn't change anything so i didn't do one of these episodes so we we held off um now we've had both both codexes entered into the mix and we've had a significant data slate to shake things up. So we'll be definitely um, after answering Patreon questions in part two, we'll be pontificating upon what we think the fashion ladder is going to look like for the coming next couple of months, I'm actually really, it's actually really exciting to discuss. I haven't been that enthusiastic about 10th edition. I've still played about 25 games of it. I'm still enjoying it, but I'm not like thriving, passionate, you know, Every every free moment, I'm looking at a list or a unit kind of stuff that I was, you know, during some of the, the best points of ninth edition and eighth edition. Um, is that pretty much where you've been at this far as well, mate? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. That is all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, mate, um, I've already told you guys about part two, where you can find it it's over at Art of War over on Patreon. But uh, Peter is a member of many a show and many a organisation and a program and a thing and a stuff, and he should tell you all about him right now.
0: Sure I like the, my big uh, the big place I c- uh, contribute these days is uh, goonhammer.com um, my old website 40kstats.com, merged with goonhammer Forever ago now. Um, So if you go to 40kstats.com or 40kstats.goonhammer.com, that's my baby. It's kind of been fully automated at this point, so I just get to look at the numbers and play with them rather than having to input them myself manually for hours on end, um, which is aces for me. I love it. and yeah, I write articles um, either previewing new rules or uh, expounding on um, the state of uh, the G.I. Joe movie. Like, whatever tickles my <laughs> fancy. Um, so, that, that's the the main place. I will sometimes guest host on different podcasts. Recently, I was on Grim After Dark, which I'll do occasionally to help out Val and the crew there. Um, yeah, but like my main my main jam right now is um, Goonhammer.com. I do a lot of stuff in the background there now, um, and then occasionally we'll either write articles or contribute articles for them.
1: Beautiful. Uh, you should all definitely go over there and continue to support Goonhammer and Peter in all he does. We would not be where we are with statistics and knowledge of the game without him, and uh, hopefully you love and adore him as much as I do, but... Uh, jumping into this one. So this is a this is a faction ladder a little bit different from some of the others you may see here and there and all over the place in other podcasts and things. Especially Art of War just put out a faction ladder on their YouTube channel, and that one was them speaking about what they think the faction ladder is going to be like from a top player point <laughs> of view, the best players in the world playing the factions to the best of their abilities. Ours is not that. We look we take the backwards approach. We use as much of pure statistical analysis as we can, all the data and all the bean canning that Peter can produce produce to put together purely based on win rate and a couple of other metrics to get our faction ladder and then we look back at the months just gone and keep this thing updated throughout the entire edition we were lucky enough peter thank you very much that we did nine of those episodes for ninth edition we have nine stats episodes that's three a year Every, and potentially oh, ever yeah. every four months, we did a uh, fashion update. Yeah, so it's funny enough. This is the tenth as a stats episode we've done in 164 episodes, and it's the first one of tenth edition, which is very ironic, and I, I t- <laughs> t- t- tickles my giblets. Um, uh, so, my man, um, there are some yes. g- always some acronyms uh, get thrown around when we're doing one of these, and always in the comments somewhere, people will ask, what does XYZ mean? Are you able to give us a little TLDR, the acronyms that will be used during this episode, and explain sure. them to people so they have a little bit of understanding before we jump in? So the main statistics that I have used um, to
0: kind of um, track the... Um the, like the quality of different factions and how they're performing um, over the years have been um, average first round loss which is um, the average round at which a faction first loses a game in a tournament um, that is a, a statistic that I have found over you know thousands and thousands of games to really accurately kind of define how well a faction is performing in a meta um, the next one is uh, a whip or G-Whip, um, which are tournaments in winning position and games in winning position. Uh, these statistics mark out how many times a faction has uh, gotten to at least four and O in a, a five-round or greater tournament. Um, Uh, compared to the rest of the field. So I'll often talk about T-Whip percentage. Mm -hmm. um, And what that is, is like the percentage of times that a faction gets to that 4-0 record uh, compared to every other faction in the game. Um, Because um, most tournaments are, are five rounds, so getting to that fourth win, you are in... Uh, almost guaranteed uh, unless you're in a like a weird European meta where they like to uh, only do five <laughs> rounds with like 900 people yep. uh, um, where you like you are probably in that top two to four, like you're in the running to win if you get to four and oh. Um games and winning position is uh, a statistic that just adds on to that specifically because we are now getting into a point where events are more and more frequently uh, larger and larger and larger, and we're seeing more, not just six round events, but seven, yeah. eight, nine round events. Yeah. And so this actually takes a look at like every game after the, counting that four-o game, uh, that a faction in total goes like uh, undefeated. So if you go five and O that counts as two games in winning position. If you would uh, go six and O, that would count as three for the faction that you're playing. Uh, and once again, we can break that down by percentage um, to say, you know, the percent of games that go past four and O um, in tournament play uh, for different factions are X, X, um, And these are two of kind of like two to three of the, like the, I find the most accurate uh, statistics um, out there to determine how well a, a faction is playing. Lastly, um, like GW and other websites or Reddit posts or whatever, I do also look at win rate. Um, it just it, it holds like a, a little uh, lesser of a quality um, in terms of, of, of breaking things down. Because um, in the past, we have definitely seen factions with what we we would consider very solid win rates that yep. actually aren't winning events, mm-hmm. um, and we've seen factions more often um, that have what we would consider mediocre win rates, but still putting up uh, big yeah. win results in the pa- like in terms of actually winning events in
1: the past. So that's my biggest criticism of, of purely looking at win rate statistics is that it never tells you the story. It doesn't answer any of the questions related to why things are the way they are. It just it just tells you a fact. Uh, but gives you yeah. none of the analysis, just gives you none of the information. It's like literally being told being, uh, you, you could, you're allowed to read the blurb of the novel and none of the novel. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And another big thing about uh, uh, win percentages is
0: like, it's um, it is very heavily weighted on the amount of uh, games you're actually playing um, and things like that. And um and there's really, like, yeah, there's there's none of that background, that nitty-gritty, um, to to really, like, flesh it out compared to other
1: statistics. And we're, we're big old fatty nerds. We love that nitty-gritty. Well, that's what we're here mm-hmm. for. But anyway, let us truck on, mate. The last time we did this was in the last months of ninth edition. And so usually I would, I, and I'm going to, I read out where we left off in our last faction ladder. But this one will pretty much be... In, entirely new with none of this being relevant but i think i thought it'd be kind of cute so in the d tier and the way we're going to be doing this guys is we've broken down every faction in the game into what is what five tiers for we got d tier c tier b tier a tier and s tier now from top to bottom there s tier is something that we are considered to be the best faction or factions in the game usually there's only between i think the most we have ever had is five factions in s tier and usually it's between one and three um, and they're the <laughs> factions that, if you play them, they are considered to be better than they should be. Like, they have things that they do that are too good based on the rest of the balance of the game. You know, that could be, you know, Eldar having, you know, access to dev wounds at the Wazoo for the last couple of months, and that made them S tier in addition to being phenomenally undercosted um mm-hmm. a tier is a faction that is uh well rounded and strong and has a good chance of hitting t whip with a good player and the right list and the right meta etc. b tier is um on a on a great day really well tuned faction expert these are factions that can go the distance but will usually not have tools to beat a or or come close to beating an equivalently skilled opponent on a s tier list Whereas a it's considered that on a on on a chosen day with the right list and a tier a faction with a, a good player can beat an, an S tier faction with a good player. Um Whereas B tier is kind of not. C tier is you are in the doldrums. You have maybe one good list or one couple of things you can pull together to clobber together. And then right place, right time, right list, you might hit T-Whip. Uh, and then D tier, uh, you got nothing to bring to the table. Sorry, you are in squalor and hopefully things turn around <laughs> for you soon. Uh <laughs> starting from our previous ninth edition ladder, just for the lulls, In D-tier, we had Imperial Fists, White Scars, Death Watch, Admech, unfortunately that hasn't changed much, and T-Suns. So there are a couple there that have certainly jumped out of the D-tier gates, and certainly a couple of these that we won't be tracking anymore as well. I don't expect us to be tracking White Scars and Imperial Fists on our well, current faction ladders, because there isn't enough granularity in the Codex to, to bother or warrant tracking those. So they're probably just all going to be Space Marines, right? Yeah. Fair. C-tier is Raven Guard, Salamanders, Chaos Space Marines, Tyranids, Death Guard, Imperial Knights, Dracari, Ultramarines, Necron, Sisters, and Tau. So that is a lot of factions in the C tier at the end of 9th edition. B tier, Renegade Knights, Harlequins, Blood Angels, Grey Knights, Black Templars, and Leagues of Votan. Uh, A tier was Custodes, Space Wolves, Orcs, Chaos Demons, World Eaters, and Astro Militarum. And then S tier comprised of Craftworld Eldar, Iron Hands, GSC, and Dark Angels. So uh, that is going to be deleted. I'm going to delete that from my spreadsheet right now because that's the last time it is relevant, and we will not be speaking of 9th edition any further. Right. Hooray! Yay! I mean, it, it was kind of nice at the end, but maybe we didn't know how good we had it, because I was complaining about ninth edition at the end of 9th edition. I was just like, ah, it's a bit stale. It's, it's pretty boring. Yeah. But compared to where we are now, it was, it was a good time. <laughs> right, it mate. was a great time. Feel free to kick us off with the D tier factions.
0: Okay. Let's talk about D tier. So, coming into... Sorry. Uh,
1: ten- Sorry to interrupt. I will reiterate... For anybody at home, this is all the data prior to the Tyranids um, codex and the new balance data slate being injected. So, this is prior to all of that. So, please keep that in mind. If things like, you know, because we're about to talk about like Death Guard and and stuff like that, and you may be like, well, but they got a bunch of new rules. This is before those kick in. Just
0: and I'll do my best to try and highlight. Yes, they did. They look like they're going to be improving greatly uh, for the most part. I, I am using statistics from July fifth, which was when our first like mini data slate came out, until uh, September thirteenth. Um, if uh, occasionally I may refer to Ju- June data as well, because uh, but the like the big thing here is there was like, a negligible impact on the game with that uh, July fifth uh, like. Leviathan one point one or or Leviathan beta um it barely changed any factions um minuscule differences so uh but since the beginning of tenth edition and f- even from the preview season, we knew there were a couple factions uh that had been quote-unquote done dirty. Um, and the one that suffered the most, in my opinion, and it's it's a close battle for worst faction in the game, um, is Leagues of Votan. Um, the last you know two months of play, they had an average first-round loss of 1.39. Mm-hmm. They had a win rate of 31%. Uh, they had dropped down to being only a little over 1% of the field. Um, it's just it was not not their their time in the sun. Like they depending on the statistics that you look at, they were like three or four percentile uh lower than any other faction in terms of win rate alone. Um yeah, they
1: just they struggled very hard. I put the I put Leagues of Votan in a similar kettle of fish to knights and harlequins. Armies that have so few data sheets that they're either they're either gonna get rules that are too good or not good enough a lot of the time they're very hard to balance when they have so few so few units to put rules on to create to create depth and so it just comes down to whether they just they have good enough stuff on release or they don't there's really no nothing more to see there and unfortunately you crack open the first couple of pages of the leagues of votan you know index where you look at the special rules that attachment rules stuff like that and you're like that's this isn't blowing me away and as soon as it doesn't blow you away you're like well they better have the best data sheets in the game then and they don't so it is what it no. is.
0: No, they had mediocre stratagems, um, a very um, bad uh, faction ability, like yeah. a detachment yeah. ability that honestly sucked. And it's very, uh, it's very telling that the like how massive an improvement it was given in this current data slate to like to add mm. an additional three uh, starting units to get those two judgment tokens. Um, it was very clear, like that they. They were just not anywhere near any other faction. The hits that they took to native ballistic skill were massive yeah, on yeah, all their data huge. sheets. Like, it was, and now we're going to be in a you know, like a Sagittar world, I think, with everybody running four to six Sagittars at and, the minimum, and, and, and tons of Thunderkin. Perth is
1: the best thing they've got, so you're just going to control, C, so control V, Guard. Um, I think I, I
0: think yeah, ten or t- ten anywhere between ten and twenty Hearthguard. You're going to be running Max Thunderkin now because they're seventy five points for they're three. I, silly. I, I think they're good. Oh yeah, I think Votan are in a, in a spot to the next time we talk about this be an A-tier army, um, if not an S-tier army, depending on how things break down, but I, I'm i at least giving them like a low A. I feel like they're very wow. competitive now. Awesome. But n- right now, 31% win rate, they're <laughs> not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the, the B to B-plus area, but we will wait and see, mate. Uh, what's up next? Uh, Death Guard. Death Guard
0: uh, kind of fought tooth and nail with Votan to be the worst faction uh, <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Um... Uh, like uh, depending on what dates you're using, their win rate since the Leviathan uh, launch is anywhere between 32 and 35 uh, percent. Because there was, I believe, an event uh, overseas that where Death Guard like did actually pull off like a victory, and they so did. few people yep. played them because they knew they were bad. That just having two or three guys actually come out four and one like added three percent to their win rate because like <laughs> uh, average first round loss of 1.3 you know a win rate of 32 to 35 like it's nothing to be excited about they they were overcosted they did nothing better than anybody else their detachment ability was very weak given the state of the game um once again like it was death guard launch was miserable like they didn't have a faction identity other than you painted them sickly green
1: <laughs> well when you looked at what they did you couldn't figure out what they, what their rules meant. They were meant to do. They weren't quick. They weren't durable. They didn't do damage. They didn't have, they didn't have any rules. They they were no. an army that just did not do anything. And it was, so, it was so frustrating for a lot of my death guard mates who were just like, our faction doesn't exist. It, it literally has be almost been deleted because there is no identity to the models that I've bought. Um, and that, I suppose, that was the biggest indictment. You can you can have bad faction rules that are flavorful and they're bad, and you'll and you can live with it. But when you have none, that don't don't yeah. Anyway, well, this is this is yeah. obvious, this is this is uh, absolutely setting fire to the already beaten dead horse. Um, mm-hmm. what's up next?
0: Next in D tier, World Eaters. Um, another a faction that definitely like they really went hard in the identity of. Corn should punch stuff, mm-hmm. but the game uh, was very clear from the get go that you shouldn't punch anything um, unless you were custodies. There was really no faction in the game that could do close combat because of the nerfs to charge phase and fight phase and yeah. uh, the reduction in AP. It's just like uh, close combat armies just suffered greatly, and world leaders. Had no, nothing um, else more than any of the others. Well, they have an average first round loss of 1.33, so basically the same as Death Guard. A win rate at least of 37 percent because there was the chance that they went first and killed more than one unit uh, <laughs> if they made <laughs> it across the board. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing to write home about. They've never, never hit T whip. Yeah, um, none of these first three factions have ever had ever had
1: a four and O run since the July fifth launch. So, well, it's just so amazing that World Eaters kind of they do what they're meant to do they they are the opposite of death guard they have phenomenal uh, like like flavorful rules and not rules that unfortunately are that were that relevant in index 10th edition because of the way it was played essentially in 10th, in index 10th edition uh everybody could be shot because of how towering worked and how indirect work and and then if you could be shot you could be killed <laughs> And if mm-hmm. you if you could not shoot back, that means you were just being killed. And there's just there's, there's no interplay. Um, so it's not like World Eaters. I think were a horrifically bad army, despite I think them being you know significantly overcosted at, at, at points. Uh, the fact is they there was no army. There's no army, other army in the game that had worse predators for what they were supposed to do. Like just the the world was just anti World Eaters by default. So anyway, what's next? Um. So next up. In the D tier, um,
0: there's a cu- like there's a couple factions here that have had at like one T whip showing in the last three months. Um, they still have very poor win rates in the like the mid 30s. Um, sometimes, depending on the week you're looking at them, they could get to 40, percent but like they've never broken 40. Um, and this will the first one i will talk about is uh, Sisters of Battle um so sisters of battle is this kind of cusp of because of just the state of the game this is the like our cusp of a c tier army at this point sure. um they've had they've hit t whip once they have an average first round loss of one point five just to give you guys some extra information on average first round loss the average first round loss if everything is equal um in a in a system where the majority of game uh, ra- tournaments are five rounds is going to be two point zero five um So like your quality factions, your balanced factions, usually run somewhere between an average first-round loss of 1.9, 1.85, to about a 2.1, 2.15. Anything higher than that is a problematic faction. Anything lower than that just isn't cutting the mustard. To be at a 1.5 is not a good place to be um and so sisters of battle at a 1.5 uh at win rate between 37.5 and 40% uh depending on the week um yeah they're just they're not showing up it's um they're better than the first three guys i talked about but only barely so still in d tier i'm going to keep them in d tier because i have a hard time calling uh, uh, any faction with a sub a forty percent win rate, a C tier faction, but this That's is just fair. like where we are, right? That's fair. Um, next up, this is one um, where I think a really good player could make them do something. Was this um, Advic? in teams play? Uh, this is Grey Knights.
1: Ooh, nice. Still in dayo. Uh, we do have to say.
0: I think this is like that same like. Top of D Uh, So Grey Knights uh, They had an average first round loss of 1.47 Very similar to Sisters They have had uh, The difference here is they did have uh, One person go undefeated In in the opening months Of um, uh, Of 10th edition Their win rate Hovers between a 36 and a 40 uh, Percent Um, But yeah one time, somebody went all the way <laughs> and, and got that got that undefeated mark with Grey Knights. Um, it's a very fast faction. They just can't kill anything. So you have to play the mission, and that's very hard for people to do, um, especially because there are certain armies that just play it significantly better, and you have to dodge them.
1: Yeah, and there's that burden of perfection on you. Like You, you stuff up, and you lose a 500-point unit. Um, it, exactly. It, it's not really coming back from that.
0: I will say, coming into this next balance data slate, like uh, Grey Knights are my like dark horse potential super competitive faction um, that I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about, but they got so many points back on their most competitive lists um, that I could definitely see a uh, start to see like uh, more and more uh, top tier mm. uh, Grey Knights uh, uh, lists come out of this. Yeah, because I think of all of most factions. Uh, they got the biggest points buff on their core like units, so just they're, on, yeah. they're adding like three hundred points to their list just based on points time,
1: so. yeah they're, they're, they're yeah. possibly one of the biggest winners, if not the biggest so uh, like
0: that's going to be big for them. We'll have to see if it's if it's enough,
1: given that they're still not killing anything <laughs> it it's kind of absurd how how much they don't kill anyway, yeah, uh into the c tiers I think. I think yeah. At this point, we can we can move into C, uh,
0: C tier. We've got Drukari. Um, they did have uh, two people get into that, and this is like if someone were to say gray knights are better than Drukari. In my opinion, uh, you're you're right. I'm not going to fight you. <laughs> um, but like just statistically they're slightly better. they've got that uh, they've had uh you know two or three people hit that or two people hit that t whip instead of just the one average first round loss slightly higher they're they've broken that one point five um their win rates um they hover between a thirty eight and a forty one percent uh like that dark land spam can do work sometimes um they're they're nowhere near a competitive faction but they they at least Exist in somebody's mind somewhere, or it did in the first three months of the game.
1: All right. Um, next up after Dracari. Uh Tao. Interesting. So, so wait, I'm we gonna... still haven't mentioned AdMek.
0: We still have not mentioned
1: AdMek. but we're so getting there because I, I, I
0: should, I should. You know what? Just for you, I we can put Admech here, but I think Admech are better than Tao, and we just didn't even realize it. So then, I'm going to go with Tao. Yeah, let's do it. Right. We're doing it. So the big thing that with Tau, the Tau does have over AdMech, and I think actually this is more, this is legitimately just because more people have been playing Tau, um, is like they have had um, four people hit T whip. They did have one undefeated run. Um, of those four people, you know they've got six games in winning position. Their average first round loss is one point six one, which is relatively respectable. Um, their win rate. Is uh, you know, that 38 39 percent most of the time, so they're still barely ever breaking 40. Uh, but they've just had a, a bit more success on the um, that uh, that T whip run and on that average first round loss. Um, yeah, so I'd put Tau in this in the C tier slot right here.
1: Nice. Well, it's always weird because I always hear all oh, so many Tau experts and Tau fans. <laughs> pontificating and telling me how good Tau is. And, uh, yeah, I, I hear them and I listen to them and I look at the units that they push under my nose. I'm like, damn, these are actually really good. And then they just never seem to shape up in the meta because I think there's just a couple of too many predators. Firstly, that their, their, their best units, apart from broadsides, had no defense against dev wounds. Um, and yep. then things, things out there like GSC and especially like T Suns just turned off what they do. Like, turn, turning off armor saves on a full unit of crisis suits with a commander in there, that's half your army, and, and like, 80% of your army's damage output, and that just gets, it gets nuked in one turn. Yikes. Yikes abound. Um, yes. And that stuff hopefully doesn't happen uh, anymore or as frequently, so we'll see.
0: Um, next up, um, a, I'm going to kind of bulk together three of the non-Codex-compliant chapters. Uh, Dark Angels, Space Wolves, and Blood Angels—they uh, all three had very similar statistics this this early run. Um, that thirty-nine to forty percent win rate, um, sometimes breaking a little bit higher week to week, depending on who was playing Dark Angels. Because I believe Dark Angels were the had the most potential success, even though it didn't actually show up. Um, they were also uh, double the popularity of either uh, Blood Angels or Space Wolves. That being said. Um, Dark Angels players only ever had one undefeated uh, run. They've only had uh, like uh, one player actually hit T-Whip in these last two months, uh, per the data. Uh, Space Wolves had two. Blood Angels had two. Um, but the average first-round loss of roughly 1.6. Um, yeah, so these three factions, C-tier, I think mostly C-tier... Um, because marine players, we, like especially on the highly competitive side, will always flock to like the best version of power armor, um, and it was not any of these three. Despite like Dark Angels definitely having an ability to to uh, stand up in the meta, in my yeah. opinion, 100%. Um, it's just nobody of a, of a competitive caliber is is has been trying.
1: Well, well, yikes! I'll take that as a personal slap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> or- Extremely what did you true. do? Did you hit T Whip? <laughs> I haven't played an event. <laughs> well, that's your <laughs> I've, fault then. Man. I haven't played a, 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 an event with uh, Dark Angels yet. All I right. mean I'm
0: happy because Dark Angels are a garbage faction, <laughs> at least from a from a keep, lore perspective. So you trash on your own blog, <laughs> mate. <laughs> You're <nuts>. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's next? Next up, uh let's do guard. Uh guard forty one percent win rate. They've had three people hit T-Whip before. Average first round loss of 1.6. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing okay. You it's can so definitely get enough indirect out there to
1: possibly beat somebody more than once. It's so amazing, though, that Guard was one of the most complained about and uh, toxic elements of this edition uh, of Index Hammer so far. And uh, yeah, they were a you know lower middle, if, if even that... If not a lower third faction, and they were complained about to high heaven in the in the same breath that people could complain about GSC and Elba, they would also complain about Guard, and yet Guard is just not even in the same ballpark. They're not even playing in the same stadium. Not even close. Yeah, they're. um, Yeah, they've just been bad. Yeah. Well, the fact is, they have one build. They have one build. That's one archetype, and it does one thing. And if you are not susceptible to that one thing, lol, They're a. They're a doddle. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah it's it's been i've i've gotten to play a few games into guard um in this early edition playing my custodies and i was always worried about the earthshakers or the basilisks hitting me and making me not move um but then i just won the uh won the, i just went for yeah well like i definitely <laughs> had more more than one game where i went first and two blade champions were just like well i'm in your zone anyway so it doesn't matter yeah. um and then they have, they have no response and that, that's kind of like how it's been like we've seen some really good teams play out of uh, out of Mm -hmm. guard but in one-on-one play they're like a bottom table bully and they can't do anything else like they're not even a mid-table bully no yeah exactly well Uh,
1: team teams has shown that with like a good pairings matrix and a good person doing those pairings they can be one of the most oppressive armies in the game for like, sure, like, yeah. like like in the same realm as our STF factions, they can be an STF faction if you can just dodge probably three or four matchups exclusively, mm-hmm. um, and then you can just be an absolute predator with the rest. So it is yeah. really surprising that that it, even that power exists to the bottom spectrum of the of the tier list um and next up i'll give you your admech so admech have uh a very similar win rate to
0: to uh guard the big difference is how very few people have played admech like, yeah uh we've owned like um we're at a spot where um i would say even though we've had three months worth of data there almost isn't enough data for admech to, to get legitimate <laughs> results uh but yes a 41 percent win rate they have though of the like 35 people that have tried to run ADMEC um, in this post uh, first data slate world before we got the actual good one they did have two people hit T-Whip. and not wow. only did they hit T Whip, like they went deep um, mm-hmm. and one of them went undefeated uh, and because of that their average first round loss is a two like Damn. it's actually what someone would consider like Relatively fine, it's just that win rate of 41%. The fact that they only make up decimal nine percent of uh, or just dec- yeah, decimal nine percent of all the factions being played like they've fallen off the earth because the the view has been um, that they're not competitive, their detachment ability sucks balls like it sucks donkey yeah. balls. It's, it's not it's fun a- to run, <laughs> it's actually legitimately bad for them mm-hmm. half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you up until now, now that they've had massive point drops, I'm excited to see what they do, but you really only could just run breachers and hope for the best. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see where they come because it's clear that there are some very good ad mech players and a couple of them actually still managed to make it work, um, in these first three months. And, uh, but yeah, I have them kind of firmly in the C tier, but given the like low amount of reps it's you could argue that they that they shouldn't even be there
1: just from that alone that's where the numbers went so it's that it's really surprising because now i've got so many questions about why's and why's and why's because i this is what this is what happens to me when i look at stats i i don't look at stats that much because i just get stuck in loops and like i need to know why things are because is that a statement on the admec player base that they have a higher percentile of faction experts that are stuck with the faction, whereas the the people you have, an ADMEC army and a, you know, Marine army just aren't playing the ADMEC. So what I would say in this particular
0: case is the, the data set is too small to make that argument, yeah. uh, to make those kind of conclusions. I will say, like, there are people out there that do exist that are very well known in the community that will stick with Admech no matter what, like Rickard Nilsson. Um, you know that kind of person who they don't ever switch. Yeah. Um, and then if they go to a twenty-eight person GT, they might be able to pull off a a, a victory or at least get to the finals, regardless, right? Just mm-hmm. on their skill alone and their their reps in the faction. Fair. All right. Uh,
1: any more in the C tier
0: after Adback? Yeah, I would say uh, we could, we should in, uh, include um, kind of... Um, usually in the past, I would have broken out all of the different uh, Space Marine factions, like the Codex-compliant Space Marine factions as well. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, I'm just going to ball them all up into one because with 10th edition, um, other than special characters, there really is no difference any longer. Yeah, correct. Um, so I would say sp- Base Marines are actually kind of at the top of the uh, the C tier, um, which is interesting because I think early on and uh, not just uh, like not just myself, but many people thought they were a potentially like very competitive faction. Yeah. Uh because desolation Room Marines were so scary, mm-hmm. um, oath of moment is a very powerful detachment ability. Um, but unfortunately, um, as we've seen, despite their popularity, um, they get absolutely shit wrecked by uh, <laughs> the top like five factions
1: in the game. Well, and so like, the thing is, when you only when your army has only one good unit which, you know, is mm-hmm. Desolation Marines. And they, they have other good utility units, but there's only one build-around unit, and that is Desolators, or all there was during this period of the game. We have discovered another in Aggressors, but it uses the same resources, and therefore yes. like, they can't coexist. You can't have both. Yep. Um, and So so therefore, you have one, AT, you have one A or S tier unit, and that is, that is all you have. Apart from that, it is just clobbering together lone ops and infiltrators. <laughs> That's kind of the rest yep. of the list. Um, when that is the archetype it's it, it only functions for so long when you only have one list it only functions for so long before people figure it out and either figure out how to wield their their best army to beat yours or change a percentile amount of what they're doing in their list and in their play style to account for what you do and the fact is there are so many armies that just didn't care about desolators like custodians mm-hmm. just unless you get the direct fire on them they just didn't care about desolators um uh yep desolators did weren't that good into mechanized units, especially when you were spamming things like armages, you can only put oath a moment on one of them, or you took Gilliman congrats too. Um but then only one of them was both a discipline. So it wasn't even doing that much at, at times. So there was just a bunch of things and you're even going to show us. There are a bunch of freaking armies above them on the tier list that don't care about desolators and about desolator profiles. And we're literally, I think you have oh, yeah. to reel off a bunch of them.
0: Yeah well once we get particularly once we get into the A tier but yeah the uh, the A and the S tier uh but even the B tier had a f- has a couple um and yeah so like they kind of topped out at a 42% win rate um and generally even uh, kind of Often week to week stood even lower into that 40, 40th percentile, hmm. um, despite making up six percent of all the player base, which yeah, is wow. nowadays not at, like decently significant. Which we come to ex- suspect that cor- correction uh, expect from Space Marines. Um, they only ever had three people hit T-Whip. They never had a, an undefeated run in these last couple of months. Um, a one point six three uh, average first round loss. Uh, like, these are just kind of like piss poor results. And um, it shows like they're definitely uh, Space Marines. And I didn't mention them before because they you generally don't see a lot of play. But uh, Black Templar, uh, Black Templar basically mimic regular Marines in all regards in terms of average first round loss, T-Whip, and uh, and win rates. Um, they're also kind of in that C tier as well. Yeah, I'll um, talk about them in there as well. I'm not going to say too much about Black Templar. because They do have a, a small player base. That said, it's actually bigger than Admech at this time, um, which um, is a simple own whole faction, right? So, wild, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the end of C tier. Black Templar and regular Space Marines kind of top out that C tier range.
1: All right, so there's only one other Space Marine subfaction we haven't listed, right? So there's only Deathwatch yeah. to go. We'll see what they yeah, got. Right? Well, yeah. Kick it off. They're they're good. Uh,
0: so. Um, <laughs> B tier, kicking off B tier, uh, we have Chaos Knights. Hmm. So Chaos Knights coming into tenth edition, it was kind of clear that they were like the slightly worse Imperial Knights. Yeah, um, and and it's shown like they've definitely had some decently competitive builds they've had four people uh hit t-whip uh in those past few months average first round loss generally between 1.65 and 1. 1.7 so we're getting almost to the point where um it's what i would consider like a a, a, a at least competitive army but not quite there um at a win rate that generally was you know 45 46% uh it hovered in that range and uh yeah they they only ever made up like one point six percent of t Um so uh, like a pretty very solid B-tier faction, Chaos Knights. Easy done.
1: What comes after?
0: Tyranids pre Codex Tyranids. Interesting. Um, they had a pretty pretty solid run um all things considered uh they were still a very popular faction at five percent of the meta they had six people hit t whip three of them went undefeated in events an average first round loss of 1.85 which i kind of already said in the past kind of that cusp for me of this is potentially a legitimate uh uh faction um a win rate of uh 47.7 percent uh f- topping out in that, like, 48% range, so we're kind of getting there type thing. Um, yeah.
1: Excellent. It's it's weird to me that I feel like Tyrannus was an army in Index Hammer that was only getting better with time. Like uh, they, It definitely was. Yeah. Like, you definitely saw people
0: starting to um, make... Like, it was one of those few cases of adaptation. I I liken it to back in eighth edition for anybody that played uh, with Necrons where just some very small changes caused Necrons to like, they they still never broke like a 47, 48% win rate, but they started winning events Mm. um, because if they hit, Space Marines. They dominated Space Marines, and there were so many Space Marines in that yeah. time that it gave them a run. And it's kind of the same with Nids, where Nid players were able to kind of build out to deal with uh, factions like Thousand Sons and Gene Stealer Cults. Yeah, and as long as they could either dodge uh, Eldar or uh, play into like a very weak Eldar player at, uh, in their run, they like they had a
1: chance to be legitimate. Mm. Yeah, agreed. <coughs> what comes next?
0: Uh, orcs. Orcs are. Basically like line for line, uh the exact same stats as we saw with Tyranids, uh, 47 to 48% win rate. Uh, I've got it here at 47.8. Uh average first round loss of 1.8 uh um, a smaller player base than Tyranids, but they still also had those six players hit T Whip. They had two undefeated. Uh so yeah, orcs solidly in there that um that like horde style that we saw a lot of at WTC. Mm-hmm also translated very well into the meta um, because a lot of people were trying to tech into the bigger bads like imperial knights eldar yeah. and custodes which don't generally run a ton of models so
1: yeah you could
0: push into the face and just survive right until the end hmm. of the game and and win on points
1: all right yeah uh, honestly orcs is another one that i thought was getting better with time and they had a lot of Good. It's it's weird how we got a couple of factions here, in Imperials and Orcs, that aren't really good into A tier, but actually have decent play into S tier factions. Yeah. It's, it's really yep. really interesting how that how that occurs sometimes. Anyway, uh, what comes after Orcs? I think the last, um, yeah, I would say these last
0: two are kind of our our two last B tier, and you could make an argument that they were like borderline A tier factions. Uh, first off, Chaos Space Marines. Um, they did hit T-Whip quite a bit. Actually, we should put Demons first, Like if you're going to do them in Uh, order. I know you do like them in order, but these are very similar. So Demons, um, similar to Orcs and Tyranids, in that they did have six people hit T-Whip. The difference being is that uh, those six people generally went longer. They had a a G-Whip of 11, or almost 3% of the meta. Mm -hmm. Um, They did have two people go undefeated. Their average first-round loss is a one97 so just about a two and their win rate, <coughs> pardon me, was at like a very respectable, uh, 49.7%. So almost a
1: 50%. Damn. Yeah. That is pretty good. And it's, um, uh, demons. I always just found really interesting in this meta because they were just like another night army. Yeah. But just asked the questions differently. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Really, really surprising.
0: Um, and then Chaos Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines slightly lower win rate than um Chaos Demons at like a 47.8. Um, but and uh, an average first round loss roughly the same 1.95. The big difference was their T-Whip, they did make up almost five percent of T-Whip in the game. They've had 13 people hit T-Whip. Yeah. This is with similar faction representation to Demons. Um, 21 games in winning position, three undefeated. Um In early testing of 10th edition for me, like, just prior to the the launch, like, that uh, Obliterators and Abaddon with Terminators scared the absolute bejesus out of me in my gameplay, Um, and that definitely translated uh, throughout these first three months as, like, um, if that list hits the right people, it's just gonna win.
1: Well... Um, People are saying now CSM is one of the ones to watch because with their with their two and some say three biggest predators removed from the game, are they just going to start having absolute, you know, start absolutely clubbing people with just damage output? It is very interesting.
0: They've definitely uh, come up a little bit. They did take a slight hit with the Abaddon point increase um, and with Obliterators not being able to yeah. o- overwatch outside of line of sight um, with that one time per game b- baloney. Um, but still very relevant. Um, yeah, I I do think that they are a faction to watch. Like, I feel like they did. If it wasn't for the fact that uh, that uh, one patch faction in particular is still so obviously dominant to me, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Like, it's it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm like in case you haven't noticed, anybody listening, I'm very excited for where the the meta goes me too, uh, because I think that even though i do think like one of the s tier factions is still very much the top dog um i feel like the a tier um and the like upper b tier are um so much wider now and and like it's a whole new ball game anyway uh but yeah i would top the b tier with chaos space marines as like uh like the 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 top of the B, they could have been contenders. They were almost an A, but they didn't make it. All right, uh, into the A tier factions. So the A tier factions are interesting, and in then I feel like a couple of them we would have considered S tier factions um,
1: in a month years. ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, or even a month ago. I feel like the last month saw some pretty interesting changes to the meta um, yep. in terms of adaptation um, and change. Um, in this kind of rank, the low uh, What we would have probably considered S tier, that like that A tier rank The top end, the top two or three Factions of the game never have been affected But this area has seen some Significant change. First off um, Imperial Knights So these were big bad Scary yep. at edition launch They did see some a pretty Decent nerf and we now we've seen like, Extensive nerfs to the point where I think they're dead As a faction mm-hmm. um, But but post Leviathan 1.1, um, you know they made up seven percent of the, the the player base. They had 14 players hit T whip Five people had gone undefeated. Their average first round loss broke to 2.02, and that uh, a win rate that broke 50%, so 50 percent, so uh, a 50.5 uh, win rate. So very good numbers. Not the like 54s and 55s we were seeing at the very beginning of the edition. Um, A lot of that was more the. Uh, like TOs making decisions to impact
1: Imperial Knights play in terms of Ta- terrain I think than anything up, else. but Taping up all the cracks <laughs> taping up all the upper yep. story windows um, you know WTC adoption of ruins and their, their terrain pack really did a lot to, to hamper. And the
0: FLG terrain yep. as well had yep. their
1: pack where they, mo- where they modified
0: towering um, which is now what we're going to be using whole hog which is great in my opinion uh, but yeah Imperial Knights uh, were kind of like the bottom of A tier by the end of this run Next up, uh, I would put Necrons as the next one up in the A tier. Um, they jumped in popularity at the kind of tail end of this this last yep. like month, I would say. Um, they went to almost seven percent of the meta. They had twenty five people hit T whip, um, eight people going undefeated, an average first loss of two point one three, which is very solid. It really, right? Good. Um, and a win rate that broke that 51%, just like, uh, well, that broke 51%, uh, 51.12. Um, so, like, a very solid performance on the Necron side. And I, I feel like they were only getting better um, as they kind of took over the role that we saw, in my opinion, like, Adept- like they, they were slowly gaining on the losses that we, were, that we saw in Imperial Knights and, and the Adeptus Custodes. Yeah. We we're about to talk about. All right, let's put them in custodies. Custodes custodies I'm putting up next, and that's only because like their early run um and the cause of their of their their nerfs um was very good like they they did have fifteen people hit t whip um they did have three people go undefeated in that that like the last two months we did see in that first big g o w open that the finalists were both custodies players, mm-hmm. which I don't think people fully expected average first round loss of two point oh eight their win rate is a fifty-two, uh, and they made up nine percent of the meta. So, listening to those statistics, Damn. if you're really paying attention, it does sound like Necrons were outperforming them. Um, th- what I'm adding to this that I would not normally do, but it's very important, I think, um, when talking about these things, is when you look at like the casual side. Yep, um, Custodes. Go ballistic and uh you know they end up jumping up to like a fifty eight fifty nine yeah uh like sixty percent win rate at times if you follow the tabletop battles app data, which is another thing i I also will look at uh custodies are a very binary army um so the the like mid to bottom tables and like like the garage hammer games custodies were absolutely hammering people mm. um the thing was was that. That meat mountain build, which had been doing very well, did have uh, some very um, important uh, counters, and we started yep. seeing more and more of those hit play. Um, it kind of felt like custodians needed to branch out into instead of going three or four big blocks to be, yeah. you know, six, seven, eight small blocks to be more effective and try to just play the, the mission game instead of trying to kill things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, then they struggle into Eldar and some other factions. So, like, they really started to drop. And in that last month, uh, they didn't have a single tournament win. I don't even think they hit T-Whip in the final month of play. Um, and then they saw some pretty significant nerfs in this uh, in this balance yeah. data slate. Um, like maybe, arguably, more than any of the other factions, just because of the change. To, well, well, not counting it, Imperial Knights. Never mind. Yeah. They got murdered. <laughs> Uh But then. The custodies, the change to dev wounds is massive for them on top of point increases 100%. and uh, unit size increases or decreases and everything else. Uh, but yeah, custodies also A tier. Um, and then kind of the, the last, the next one, I wouldn't say it's the last, is uh, Thousand Suns. The like uh, Eldar with extra steps. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Eldar um, with and conditions. It,
0: Eldar with terms and conditions. Um, you know they made up five percent of the meta. They still had sixteen players hit uh, T whip. Uh, five people go undefeated. Aver- the average first round loss two point two two. You know which in previous years uh, or previous uh, edition or episodes I would have said was definitely like a low S tier mm. faction. Uh, only a fifty one percent win rate most of the time. Sometimes you'd see them break 52-53, but averaged. About a fifty-one, um, because like there was a lot of extra skill to them that you had to be able to play through. So the top end was very competitive and and definitely a scary faction to play against. But you hit those bottom table thousand suns and it was a whole different story. Mm. Um thousand suns nerfs in this latest balance data slate, I will say, were the ones that surprised me the most, but also the ones I was the most grateful for Dude, because exactly. like um It was one of those things where, when GW was explaining their process, and they were saying, you know, we, they effectively were saying we only really look at win rates. It got me a little nervous because Mm -hmm. I was like, like I know so many very good Thousand Suns players um, that are just absolutely wrecking people with these lists. Um, So to see them, you know, make the changes I believe were necessary without outright killing them either. I think Thousand Suns are still a very competitive army as long as you. stop looking so hard at Scarab Occult Terminators. Uh, like, I feel <laughs> like they're there. Um, but yeah, so that that's uh, A tier, uh, Thousand Suns. And then... There's
1: only one more, I think. This,
0: yeah, and this one could be an S tier. They just don't have a lot of play rate is the problem, and that's why I'm going to keep them down in A. And that's Death Watch. Um, Death Watch definitely were the um, best of the Marine factions um by like a good margin they had a detachment ability and enhancements and stratagems that were definitely stronger than everybody else they saw pretty significant nerfs even before like even as their index launched um because of a couple of their abilities um but still you know despite only making up two percent of the meta they had 10 people hit t-whip you know, it's very similar numbers to what we saw with Imperial Knights and, and some other factions that yep. had like quadruple their play Um of those. They only ever had one person go undefeated, but their average first round loss was a 2.2 and their win rate uh hovered between 53 and 55%. Um Most of the time I, I've got them at a 53.3. Um, if you kind of a- adjust to the, uh, like 20 percent events if you which I usually only uh, hold to 28s they get bumped up to like a 54 um yeah death watch definitely like kind of that top of the a tier just nobody playing them because it's a it's a very hard army a lot of people want to kit bash them as best they can um so they they get a little less of the conversion rate that we see easy conversion rate that we see with the other uh, marine factions when they're on top
1: Perfectly said. And I think, I think the A tier is a really interesting microcosm of what's going to happen uh, post balance slate because, uh, I mean, they all got hit in some ways, some backhanded hits, some meta hits. And then there's a couple in here who are just, I believe, going to come out looking like superstars. Uh, yes. But, but what the, it's, the, it's the hits G Dub did to the A tier that are the ones that really surprised me and impressed me. Um, because mm-hmm, they're, I the, agree. they're the ones that showed the foresight. They, they showed that they were thinking about, hey, what, what happens when we hit these two that we need to hit? What takes over from there? And it showed that they actually thought about it because legitimately, if they did nothing to Custodes and they took away Eldar and G- <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and, or, and or Necrons and if they mm-hmm. took away if they did nothing to Knights and took away Eldar and GSC, like, wow it's revolting um, and yeah it you know, no, they- was a big one something I said, I think I
0: tweeted it out, was that this was, in my opinion uh from from like heavily tracking g w and what they've been doing for the last what are we now, like five, six years, seven years, whenever eighth edition dropped, yeah gossip um so in like those 7 years like early 8th edition they were like rapid fire with with uh, FAQs and they slowed everything down cuz i would say this is the best balanced balance data slate or like big fac um in terms of comprehensiveness that we've ever had um it's not
1: perfect but i feel like um it was the most well thought out there's a, there's a couple so it they did the top end extremely well. The bottom end, I think, they could have done a little bit better. Um, but hey, re- regardless, let's let's wrap this thing up, and then we can talk to whole about the whole thing as a as a sure. block. So we got two more. So factions. our S tier. No yeah. one's going to be surprised. No, nobody's no. on the edge of their seat in wonderment. <laughs> so S tier is Gene Steeler Colts. Um,
0: they jumped up to almost five percent of the meta, which is the highest they've been in a long time. A sixty percent win rate. Um 35 players hit T-Whip, 14 undefeateds, an average first round loss of 2.79, which is massive. It's huge in in most metas, other than like the most oppressive metas of our last six, five, six years of play. 2.79 would be by far the best faction in the game. Um outside of like Iron Hands play or Harlequins and Tyranids in ninth. Um like 2.79 is outrageous. Unfortunately for our poor Gene Circle boys, um, this has been like the the quarter of Eldari. Um, their tenth edition index was nerfed multiple times before it even saw release. There were nerfs done to it that people don't even know existed um, that were incredible, and they still came out ridiculously strong. And they've maintained that um, and one of my few complaints about the pounds to his late was that they definitely didn't get hit enough, but I understand that they don't want to go too brutal on them. Uh, the Eldari stats, they had 379 players, 78 of them hit T whip,
1: um, 35 undefeateds, an average first round loss of 2.92. Um, so, so can you say those first two numbers again? Did you just tell me that if you played, if you just played Eldari, you had a 10% chance of hitting T whip? If you were just a player who plays Eldari, three hundred players. What
0: they have? They had three hundred and seventy players, and seventy eight of them hit T-Whip. It's like seventeen. It's almost twenty (laughs) percent of Eldar players um, (laughs) hit T-Whip. Yeah, it's roughly. It's like eighteen or nineteen percent of Eldar players hit T-Whip. It's like one in five. Everybody,
1: yuck. (laughs) Um, Sorry, continue.
0: Average first run loss of 2.92. I've only seen that broken a couple of times, um, and generally for much briefer windows than three months. Um, like Raven Guard at the end of Eighth Edition, Iron Hands, of course, was the kind of big bad at the end of Eighth that had several runs in that like 3.0 range, um, and then Tyranids and Harlequins uh, in Ninth. Uh, basically, nobody else gets gets those numbers, um, so they've definitely been oppressive. Uh, they made up 10% of all all T Whip period. Uh sorry, I lied to you. Uh 30% of all T Whip period. I was looking oh at the wrong number. God. Uh 35% of games in winning position. So not only are they uh, are they getting there, they're going the distance far more than any other uh faction. And and they had jumped up to being uh ten point five percent of the meta. Um so like even with being the most popular faction in the game in mm-hmm. the, uh, since the launch, because they were so good, so and so like mind-blowingly boring, uh, you know they still had a T-Whip ratio. So the amount of people hitting T-Whip to the amount of people playing the faction of uh, of like two point nine three, like almost a three. Same with uh, Gene Steeler cults. Um, it's just absurd absurd stuff and if you look deeper um i know there's been a lot of people throwing out all sorts of eldari numbers you can go to the the guys at stat check have some ridiculous intense um, eldari data we've seen Goonhammer release articles on it um is it the most oppressive thing we've ever seen uh arguably no uh but it's close
1: yeah it joins uh, it's uh, not a good way to start an edition it joins like a very elite few that you reeled off before so it makes at least in the five most oppressive armies of all time and you reeled off the other the other two well since we've been in in the what i call the modern era of the game which is since eighth edition um they're 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 in the top five worst and you can you can debate till the cows come home about what order those top five are in but i don't care they all suck let's never see them again um (laughs) it was all bad uh, I would like to talk about a moment about the distribution of factions, because this is something I always like to look back about, how many factions inhabit each tier of the of the faction ladder, and it kind of gives me a cue or a clue of the health of the game. Uh, so we have 26 factions that have been tracked by yourself, mate, and as we reel from mm-hmm. the bottom, we have five factions in D tier, nine factions in C tier, five in B, five in A, two in S. Apart from the C tier, that's relatively healthy. Like, that is not horrifically bad uh, on those metrics. And pretty much what you like to see, and what I like to see is the majority of factions distributed between C, B and A, right? Um, Usually I'd like to see them B to
0: A. Yeah. Um, And the thing I would say about this in particular, um, a lot of those C tier factions in, in a previous world, I would have argued were D tier factions, but the, the, D tier was so bad and there was so, so big yeah. that they kind of bumped them into another mm. range just by that fact. Because a lot of yeah. the, a couple, several of those C tier factions uh, barely have ever break broken even a forty percent win rate, like thirtieth like percentile win rates. Just to like to go back in the history of this game, because they've happened before. Like um, I clearly remember in eighth edition when I would do commentary on statistics, um, there only ever being two factions below 40% yep. uh, for very long periods of time. Sometimes three. Um, it would be like Grey Knights, Blood Angels, and um, sometimes Tyranids down there, depending on codexes. Um, and that would generally be it. And then everybody else would be at least 40 to 45. Mm. Um, we've got you know, 10, 12 or something odd factions that are below a 40% win rate. Um, but... Like, the top end is so
1: good and the bottom end is so bad that it kind of just bumped them up in terms of rate. The other thing I want to highlight is that we could almost, for one of the first times, I think, ever, there could almost be an S-plus tier to just to actually tell you just how much better Eldari is than GSC. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost like there's S-plus, then S, then A. Um, It's really quite crazy just how much, even how much better the A-tier is than the rest of the armies in the game maybe with the exception of right player right uh list orcs and nids um and csm but yep apart from that the a tier is just so much freaking better than everybody else it's kind of absurd as well um we could almost put another tier of just emptiness between the a and the b tier um which is pretty revolting yeah i agree we definitely played like a tiered system of 40k for the last little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's the haves and have nots is what we've been calling it. And it it has been pretty apt, but to give you guys the full rundown before we wrap this one up, and thank you very much, Peter, for your incredible insights and statistical knowledge Uh, from the bottom to the top in the D tier, the worst faction statistically of 10th edition index hammer was leagues of Votan in second last place was death guard. Then we have world eaters sisters and gray Knights making up the five factions in our D tier. C tier comprises of Drakari, Tao, Dark Angels, Space Wolves, Blood Angels, Guard, Admech, Black Templars, and Astartes, making for nine factions in the C tier. B tier is Chaos Knights, Tyranids, Orcs, Demons, and Chaos Space Marines. There's five of them there. A tier is Imperial Knights, Necrons, Custodies, T-Suns, and Deathwatch, another five. And then GSC and Eldari up in the S tier, being just the two. So if you were to cut this thing in half, we would have like two-thirds of the factions in the the B minus to D tier. And then we've got what demon CSM and uh, from the B's making it up into the, the A's and with the A's and the S's. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of 26 factions probably make it into, you know, we can win a GT on a given day. And which is how we usually break this down. And then the rest is like, you know, pray you don't have to play Eldar twice, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, exactly which at uh, 10% of the meta uh, you're almost ex- guaranteed to do exactly it, man especially playing eight and nine rounders you're just gonna have to run that mm-hmm. but, uh, in, in spite of that we gotta we got a lot to discuss in part two so we're not gonna hang around too much longer because we're running a bit long on time for what we've got for this recording slot but my man how are you feeling about the stats that you've gathered how many games did you have tracked and that you were pulling for from this like what was your sample size of the index hammer
0: um. So for Index Hammer, my sample size was. Boop, 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 boop. I just closed everything down. So I'm about sorry. It I'm, back up.
1: I'm sorry. Hey,
0: dude, it's fine. Life is like a box of chocolates. He's biting time, something. guys.
1: He's treading water. You can hear it.
0: I'm treading water while I look for <laughs> while I reopen everything. <sighs> um. Let's see. We're looking at where's that total button um we're looking at uh, looks like about 36,000 games yeah that we're tracking here for this yeah. so pretty healthy it's a good amount like uh, like there's a lot been a lot of talk that um things have kind of been dying down and that the there's a little there's a lot less um interest in the game at the top level right now um and i'm not sure that's completely accurate i would say like at the utmost level yes just enter like from a um purely anecdotal uh way of looking at things which i hate doing um you know i do have a a good amount of friends that were getting pretty sick and tired of of the current uh, way of
1: 40k but they hadn't quite hit their limit yet. So. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the same as me. I know. So every, everyone was grumbling about how much they weren't enjoying and, and going to events anyway. And that's just, that's a more of a Testament to how much people enjoy our community uh, and enjoy hanging out with yeah. their mates and rolling dice regardless of the meta. So that is a good thing that we just said there. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I was having a
0: blast for a couple of months there, even with like, I was, I was playing my custodies. I was playing my blood angels. Um, I was really enjoying my custodies until I kind of, got really into meat mountain and then only some of my games were enjoyable <laughs> for both people depending on who i was playing against um but yeah so like i'm very but i'm very excited right now i'm getting reps in with my votan i've been getting reps in with some other factions and like the game seems to be in a slightly better spot
1: than it was before and i'm very excited to see where it goes me too, mate. And on that note, we will wrap this one up. Please go and check out all that beautiful stats goodness over at Goonhammer. Um, what's the website? Goonhammer.stats what was it, slash stats? Uh,
0: Goonhammer.com uh, or you can go to 40kstats.com ah, or it. 40kstats.goonhammer.com beautiful.
1: to get all that data. And if you would like to get the second part of this one, which is going to be uh, the lovely Peter and I answering your stats-based questions in our patron, and also we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put ourselves to the test and try and predict what the next one's going to look like. Uh, yeah, good for that. See, see where we're at. We will we will talk about where we think factions are going to end up post data slate. Uh, and I'm not going to open up the art of war the faction ladder right now and look at that before we do this, just so I'm not. <laughs> <hopeful>. <laughs> Definitely I'm not. I'm, 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 tr- I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Never mind. Um, but anyway, we will see you on the other side. And if not, see you next week. And thank you for this, your support. Say, uh, <coughs> say, there there it is. There. Good night.